0: You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with the heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Good morning, everybody. We're five minutes over. Sorry, I don't know what happened. Why was that service so long? There were a lot of people taking communion, I felt. I, I don't feel like there was anything particular. I mean, I guess we did the prayer with the bishop. Maybe that took a little longer, but um, I guess we ought to pray. Let's pray before we get started, Father, for this time now, for all the classes, meeting, for your word being read and studied, that you would speak to us and help us to respond to what we learn, uh, that it would take root in our hearts and lives, and especially now as we uh, ponder um, what you have to say to us about eternal life, that um, these things would be true for all of us, we pray in Jesus' name, Amen. Okay, well, the topic today is who goes to heaven. I thought there'd be, like, standing room only for this one. <laughs> um, uh, but, uh, let's see. I don't want to, I want to say a few preface comments that I, today, I don't want to get bogged down in the idea of heaven, you know, what is heaven, what does that look like, how does it happen between now, you know, and Christ's return, and, you know what happens to the body and the spirit and is the restored kingdom the same thing as heaven? I don't want to have those conversations, okay? Because we'll we'll get lost in the weeds. The main point is who, okay, that's what we're talking about today. We're not talking about necessarily the reality of heaven, but who goes to heaven. That's the emphasis. If you want to talk more about that another time, we can, or if you're for your own study about you know, what heaven is, where it is, when it is, and uh, things like that. I commend to you 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, Revelations, chapter, Revelations Revelation chapter 21 and 22 in particular, and 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and 5. If you want to study those things on your own or the small group, there's material for you there, okay? Uh, but heaven to say the least, Billy Graham has a great phrase about it. He says, heaven is where God is. Heaven is where God is. Okay, so we'll just use that as a definition. Um, heaven is, is, is where God is, where Jesus is, and Jesus is there. I mean, we see this at the end of Luke where he ascends into heaven, the beginning of Acts, Acts chapter 1, that Jesus is there. Uh, but I'm more concerned today, maybe instead of saying heaven, uh, like I said about who, but maybe we could say eternity with God, eternity with God and his people, Uh, who, who's going to be with God uh, for all eternity. Um, Any thoughts on that before I get started? Who goes to heaven? (laughs) Any short, what's the elevator speech? Any ideas before I say anything? Ken, you were going to say something. Any ideas? Take a risk. Who goes to heaven? Those who have repented and trusted in Christ. Okay. I don't think we can get any better than that. Thank you. Let's see if that's true. Let's see if that's true today. I mean, people say that, right? You've heard that, right? Is that what you've heard? And maybe some people say other things, that everyone goes to heaven, or it doesn't matter, all paths lead to the same God, or only those who are good. Good people go to heaven, bad people go to hell. Um, but something like what Mary Margaret said about those who trust in Jesus, those who have repented, put their trust in Christ, um, uh, go to heaven. You've heard that before probably, right? You've probably heard some smattering of all of the above and maybe even more. Heaven doesn't exist. You know, nihilism, we die, nothing happens. There are all sorts of options. Um, <clears throat> let's see if what Mary Margaret said is true according to the Word of God uh, today. And there are so many places we could have gone but you know, I've got limited time. Really, we only have 35 minutes, 30 minutes left. And I thought what we would do is look at John chapter 3, particularly verses 1 through 21, and then verse 36. Okay? So John chapter 3 is the story of Jesus' encounter with Nicodemus. Um, and so that's in verses 1 through 21. And then I want to read the very final verse of that chapter. I better find that before I hand this off. Could I get a volunteer to be our reader? for John chapter three, verses 1 through 21, and then verse 36. Someone willing to be a reader for us? Thank you. Read it. Yeah, 1 through 21, and then verse 36.:
1: Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Nicodemus said to him, "'How can these things be?' Jesus answered him, "'Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know, and we bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things, and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things?' should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God.
0: Thanks to verse 36.
1: And verse 36. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him.
0: Thanks. Thanks, Rita. I just want to explain a couple things here, you know, about the water, um, that reference. Um, Help me out. Where was that? I should have written that down. Um, Is that verse 5? Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. I just want to get a few things out of the way so we don't get bogged down on this. It's not baptism. Uh, It's not the waters of the womb. And we know that because Jesus says to Nicodemus, aren't you the teacher of Israel? You don't understand what I'm talking about? He's probably referring to um, what uh, some of the prophets said, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah in particular. And we can look at a couple places that understand what Jesus is saying here. Um, If you turn to uh, Isaiah 44, verse 3, first of all, um, why don't you do that if you have a Bible? um, And... uh I'll find it too. So Isaiah 44, verse 3. This is the kind of thing that when Jesus is saying, aren't you a teacher of Israel? Don't you know your Hebrew scriptures? Don't you know Isaiah 44, verse 3? For I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. And similarly, if you look at Ezekiel, chapter uh, 36 verses 25 through 26 this is perhaps even uh, more helpful than than that so I'm going to have the page number in the Pew Bible sorry 724 724 in the Pew Bible, Ezekiel 36, uh, verses 25 and 26 say this. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness, and from all your idols I will cleanse you, and I will give you a new heart, and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh, and give you a heart of flesh." So he's referring the water and the Spirit, sort of this idea together, the Spirit coming as a uh, a renewing, a a cleansing, and pouring down like water. And so he's probably referring to passages like this from the prophets. Uh, The baptism in the name of Jesus, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit hasn't happened yet. It hasn't been instituted uh, with the story of Nicodemus, so it wouldn't have made any sense. So that's probably what he's referring to there. And then with the serpent, Um, you know, raised up. Do you know that story? Where is that? Do you all know the book? It's in, sorry, it's in, it's in, it's in Numbers. It's close. I mean, Exodus Numbers, same thing, right? Same diff. Uh, So, uh, Numbers chapter 21, uh, verses 4 through 9, this is the story there, okay? Okay. From Mount Hor, they set out by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the people became impatient on the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and we loathe this worthless food. Then the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, so that that many people of Israel died. And the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned. For we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole. And everyone who is bitten when he sees it shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on a pole. And if a serpent bit anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and live. Isn't that a crazy story? That's what John 3.16 is talking about. Did you ever understand that? That that's what they're talking about in verses 14 and 15. And so the four, right, at the beginning of John 3.16 is in reference to this story about the serpent, the bronze uh, serpent on the pole. Okay, so now you know some background to help you understand uh, the passage in John chapter 3 with uh, Nicodemus. Um, Let's read it one more time. Can some a new volunteer read John chapter three, verses one through twenty one and verse thirty-six for us? We we'll really want to get this down, okay? Volunteer? She's pointing at you. You willing to read? Okay. <laughs> one through twenty one and thirty six. Yep.
2: Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the son of man. And Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. So must the son of man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him.
0: Thank you. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Uh, if you can come in when, when I'm teaching this class, you know that I'm going to ask for some, uh, s- some brief small group work. I want you to chew on this passage. There are a few questions here. Just We, re- we started five, six minutes late, so skip number one. Just look at number two and three, okay? They're just the questions to help you get in a little cluster of three or four people around you and, um, and discuss these questions. We'll take about ten minutes or so and come back together and uh, discuss these things. So make sure most people get a copy of that. Get in your cluster of three or four, and the handout will be coming your way ten minutes, Let's come back together here. And you might not have gotten through all the questions, but that's OK. Hopefully you got far enough to, to have some good discussion. Uh, I have a, a few comments to make, but I, before I do that, any questions, comments, uh, things you don't understand that came up in your group that we could bat around for a couple of minutes? Here, let me give you the mic. I I never
1: ask questions it's okay verse
2: 36 why does he end by saying whoever does not obey the son shall not see life when he just said it was believing
0: why does it say obey obey instead of believe yeah I think that's a helpful point because um, I think the word believe is uh, it's right it's also sometimes a little bit unhelpful because of our American context, English language maybe, I don't know, at least 21st century America, um, when I think people think of belief, they think, I, um, I believe in the fact that there's a God, or I believe in the fact that, of Jesus. Is that usually when people talk about belief, that's kind of the thing that comes to mind? Is that right? For, maybe not for you, but people that you think of? that's not what Jesus is saying. He's saying those who trust, basically, I don't know a better word to say trust, believe in the fact that Jesus is who he was, and that he came to do what he said he accomplished. Um, Because he had encounters with uh, demons who knew who he was, right? The demons believe in shudder, James says. Uh, You know, you say you believe, good for you, even the demons believe in shudder. There were demons who encountered Jesus who knew who he was without explanation. They believed in the reality of Jesus. They did not believe in Jesus for their eternal salvation, for uh, their atonement. Do you see the difference? And so that's why the word obey is different in terms of uh, obedience is the response to who Jesus is, submission to him as Lord. Um, That's a helpful nuance at that point. Uh, different between mental assent and I'm staking my whole life on, on him, that I depend on him entirely for this life and the next. Any one more question or one thing that came up, Leland? Okay, the, 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 the scripture here says that, uh, that you must be born again and if you're born of the Spirit, uh, that which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. And then it says, uh, you must be born again. So I'm thinking you must be born again of the Spirit. But then it says, the Spirit blows where it will. Yeah, the wind blows so where it will. So it doesn't come just because. I can't muster up. Is that what you're getting at? Yeah, I can't. I can't bring the Spirit. I can't. I can't, Ezekiel 36 was helpful, Jesus brought that up, because what comes after Ezekiel 36? Do you know what's in the next chapter? Sorry? Chapter 37 is the valley of the dry bones. Can uh, Son of man, reference to Ezekiel, can these bones live? I don't know, Lord, only you know. (laughs) Only you can do this, prophesy to them. He speaks the word, and they seem to come to life, but there 's no real life. Uh, prophesy to the breath, to the spirit. The spirit has to come into them for 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 real life. Can I affect that i can't it 's an operation of god it 's god 's grace where the wind blows um, yeah that 's sticky territory, yeah, it has to do with predestination. the elect, yep. Which is in the Bible. We don't talk a lot about it around here, but it's in the Bible. Yeah. So it's by operation of the grace of God. Here's the thing, though. You read a passage like this, and it's still inviting us to respond. Is it not? The Spirit is blowing where it wills, and uh, and and the Son of Man is asking for a response. It's a kind of chicken or egg conversation. I don't know how it works. That's just the way it is. And so that's why um, we're not hyper-Calvinists. If you've heard that before, hyper-Calvinists believe so much in predestination they don't participate in evangelism. There's no point. Because they're gonna but but that's the way God works. God works through his people. This is all over the New Testament, it's in the Old Testament. Um, that we're a, a, a royal priesthood for all the world. Go make disciples of all nations. Go and tell people about me. That's how the Spirit blows, uh, is through the, the people of God at work in the world and sharing the message. Um, so here's, with all that in mind, let's look at uh, one, one last thing. Uh, if you turn to Colossians chapter 1, which in the Pew Bibles is 9... 83. At the end of chapter 1, it's a similar thought to John chapter 3 in a little bit different language. Actually, this goes well with Leland's question. Paul says about the Colossian uh, Christians, he, God, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. You have that darkness and light language similar to John chapter 3. He has transferred us from the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of the sun. I need to come up with a better metaphor. Forgive me, I don't watch movies anymore. But the best one I know that's similar to this is, have you seen The Matrix? I mean, this is kind of what's being described here, that this world is the domain of darkness. We live in the matrix. I mean, we're not programmed into a computer. If you knew about that movie, they're in this virtual reality, where they don't really know reality. But I mean, this is all over Paul's writings. It's in Second Corinthians that our minds are veiled without Christ. I mean, the matrix really got it down. The reality of it's different than the matrix, but it's quite similar. Remember, Neo had to be delivered from the matrix into the real world. That's basically what Paul's talking about here. That's what Jesus is saying. uh, You must be born again. Rebirth. Uh, The spirit will blow into your heart and animate you like the valley of dry bones from bones to to real life. Um, The transference from the, 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 the world of darkness into the kingdom of light which even though we still live in this sinful world, we know the truth about the kingdom of light. And so it, it, it's a reality for us now, but not fully realized. So here's my question for you. I mean, the, the beginning question is who goes to heaven? Who goes to be with Jesus for all eternity? Well, so I think scripture is pretty clear. If it's Ambiguous in certain spots. Even some people have used John 3 16 to say that Jesus is, you know, it's basically a universalist document. Well, if you read the rest of John chapter 3, you can't say that, can you? He came to save the whole world to offer salvation for all the world, not the Jew not just the Jews, but the nations as well. That's what that means. It's clear that the answer, according to the Bible, is those who've been born of the Spirit who have been delivered from the domain of darkness to the kingdom of the sun. And so my question for you is, have you been born again? Have you been transferred from the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of the sun? Do you have assurance of spiritual life? Uh, And if not, we have the answer of where we can get Assurance by putting our trust, like your question was about the verse 36, believing in who Jesus is, who he said uh, he was, and putting our trust in him alone. And those are the people who have the promise of assurance of eternal life with him and who go to heaven according uh, to John 3, but also Colossians 1 and elsewhere, even saw it in the Old Testament in, uh, in Ezekiel and Isaiah and we could have gone many other places. So let me just end with a time of prayer. Wrestle with that question, and if you have the assurance, praise God. And if not, I invite you to to stake your life in Jesus, to believe in Him, to trust in Him. And I'm just going to leave 10-15 seconds of silence, and I'm going to pray for us. Let's pray. Father, I uh, acknowledge that without you I am just a pile of dry bones and that only by your sending of your Son to save me and the sending of your Spirit to reanimate me to real and eternal life I have the assurance of the promises that you have given me here in John 3, 6 and elsewhere. And I repent of any... uh, ways that I forget this, and I recommit and stake my life on that fact every day. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord.
1: You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us at one
0: of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.